the sounds of war, the sound rather, of 1,000 musicians playing Learning to Fly in Italy this week. Figured it was a great segue from our last show, which was the best albums of 95. Foo Fighters, of course, topping that list. Welcome to the show, Twisted Lister, episode 31. I'm Scott, as always, joined by Todd and Harrison. Today, we're going to count down the top five songs about radio. Also, special guest on today's show, as we're going to have G-Love call into the studio. Very excited about that. Guys, welcome back. Yeah, it's hey, good, it's to, be good to be here. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And right. I, excited about the topic today. Excited about the interview. Uh, a lot has happened since we, we last got together. Todd, you've been out to some shows. You saw My Morning Jacket recently, correct? I did, yes. And, and they were they were excellent, as always. Um, I was telling Scott, like, I, you know, sometimes you see a band, even though you've seen them many times, and I feel like this with Wilco and, I don't know, other other acts too, but you see them and it reminds you why you know people why they're such a big draw concert wise and they just put on such a good show they switch it up every night i've been following their set lists on the tour they switch it up a found um, i mean they've been playing similar stuff off the new album and the new album as i think i've mentioned on the show it's phenomenal the waterfall highly recommend it came out uh, in may i believe um so yeah they, they were great i loved them and actually jason isbell i saw him for the first time um and he has a new album and he was awesome. Uh, for drive-by truckers fans out there, it, he actually had the, the truckers sound I thought for most of the set, and then he did a little bit of like a a little bit of the folky stuff, but it was more like electric than I expected. So it was cool, cool, very good. And you saw my morning jacket was at Merriweather and Jason yep. Isbell at Wolf Trap. I think it's been a good. Oh, no, they were together. At oh, they were oh together at Merriweather. Sorry. Oh, nice. So, yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah. they and uh, yeah, I think it's been a good summer concert season. I saw Fish, and Fish is like is kicking it on all cylinders, man. They're sounding really, really good this summer. So that was a good show. I saw them at the Shoreline. And, Todd, I know you're going to see Fish in a couple weeks yeah, at Merriweather. two weeks. I'm, yeah. I'm ex- I was happy yeah. to hear about your good review. Of the show. Yeah, so it was a solid, solid review. Other news today coming out, I saw that Dr. Dre has announced that the, the pharmacy, the long-awaited follow-up to it. I mean, it's not really the follow-up because there was this in-between aftermath or whatever, after Chronic. But all right. I could th- think about it was that it could – it's it, Kind of reminds me of Bad Out of Hell too. Does that make sense? Like Bad Out of Hell. Oh yeah, totally. Like like, like it's sixteen years, years, years later. later. Yeah, like it's, it's kind like, of. No. You see that, Harrison? You get that? No, yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. absolutely the same thing. Like, well, I guess well, Meat Loaf's Bad Out of Hell too is a bit more out of left field, but because at least Dre's been producing and you know active in the community. But yeah, no, you're right in the community. <laughs> in the community. <laughs> You know, yeah. working in the soup kitchen, handing out Christmas gifts yeah. to kids. You know, but he just—he's always made—he's always made sure that you couldn't forget about Dre. He's no, been there. That's he's true. He's been very. I almost well, I almost forgot about 2001. You can't, you can't, you can't build it as a follow up. It's because they had 2001. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's why I'm saying it's not yeah. really a follow up to the chronic, but yeah, it's not, I guess. It's not a follow up, but it, to me, it's, it's or seemed... a follow up to 2001 because it's been way too far. I know, long. I know, I know. I would do anything for chronic, but I won't do that. That's all I could think of when I heard the <laughs> announcement about uh, the Trey Scott, album. Do I've been sitting on that line all day before we recorded this <laughs> podcast. I like that. Hey, I wanted to give some podcast plugs too because that keeps good podcast karma going around. Uh, if you haven't listened to, there's a new podcast hosted by Judy Gold, and I know it's not a music podcast, comedy. It's awesome. She had Amy 
Schumer on two weeks ago. It was great. She has Rosie O'Donnell on coming up. Also, Aisha Tyler with LL Cool J. Check out that interview. That's really good as far as music stuff is concerned. And Eddie Trunk continues to bring in good guests. He had Alex Lifeson on this week. So, oh, really? Yeah. So, uh-huh. Or maybe it wasn't. This, it was maybe it was like a, a two episodes ago. Sorry, but oh, nice. yeah. I just want to you know. My list, so yeah, like I I want to I want to keep the the good podcast gar- karma going. You know, I think it's important. So yeah, for sure. Um, all those people much more famous than us, but they could still use our help as anyone can. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, that's that's what's that's we're tastemakers, man. We are tastemakers. That's what's going on. Without any further ado, I think we should just get into the, to the countdown before we, we get into the G-Love interview later in the show. So, Harrison, you want to kick us off? We're counting down top five songs about radio. About radio. About radio. About radio. About radio. So, my first pick, number five, is This Is Radio Clash. Yeah. Number one, This Is Radio yeah, Clash yeah, by yeah. The Clash. Yeah, yeah. Makes That's sense. a classic song about the radio. Uh, off a great album and just a good um kind of a, a i think a, like kind of a really good intro to intro to the clash song if you wanted to like ease somebody into the clash it's a good place to start all right it's a great song but uh, number it's, four it's my late list. period clash it's late period i know but i in their in their more no, mellowed. i'm just saying yeah no i i, yeah. I enjoy it it's on my it's on my playlist yeah there you go so, uh, number four on my list, I went with uh, Gorilla Radio, Rage Against the Machine. Ooh, interesting. I feel like yeah, it's, interesting. it's a song about radio, I, right? It it's is. A bit more... It is. I feel like it's an interesting one in that it's not. Is it? Is it I, I mean, I always think of songs about, I don't know. I don't, it's an interesting one. Didn't make my list. No, no. Yeah, it, it, it's, you it, know, it's. Yeah, go ahead, Todd. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no. No, it's t- funny you mentioned ahead, that Todd. song because that was actually. Gonna, I, I was back and forth between having that at like my number five or not having it. I ended up not having it, but and the reason why was be, only because and it's an awesome song. It, I mean, it kicks ass. Like every time I listen to it, leading up to this, I was like, oh, I love it. But uh, it was only because in reading, I never. That's what I love about the show is I look back and like really look at a, examine a song's lyrics, and the song. It's the lyrics are good. Apparently, it was about the Bush. Or the Bush Gore presidential election mm-hmm. in 2000. Um, okay. But uh, but basically, it wasn't. I guess, and again, this was, goes back to how I was defining the, the topic. But it wasn't about radio so much as saying we are the guerrilla radio. We are, you know, going to spread the message that no one else is is spreading well, about I, that this I, I, is I mean, bullshit. And it's. You know. I get that it wasn't wistful about radio, which I think I, almost every other song on the list are going to be wistful about radio. This is a song that was a bit more maybe at the tail end, and Scott, you can appreciate this. At the tail end of somebody yeah. actually thinking that radio mattered. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> and I, I mean, you could use and it, it used as a social media tool, which I would decidedly say it no longer is. I would, uh, say- and maybe that was the last gasp of radio as a cultural uh, phenomenon was Gorilla Radio for uh, me. I think this. I think you're right. This song came at the at the tail end of uh, radio as a cultural phenomenon, which is as we've discussed, totally another a totally different episode because you guys know. I can go on forever about that. Um, <laughs> yes. I can go on forever uh, as something, you. something near and dear to my heart. But uh, this, you're, you're right about the time of the song. As we always say, the, the list is how the, the lister interprets it. So uh, it is what it is. I, I, I side more with Todd song. on this. It's a yeah. kick-ass song. To me, not right for this mixtape. For for my own picks, but yes, right. But, but yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm with you. I'm with you, Harry. It, would, it wouldn't be my list if you guys didn't both disagree. With That's most true. Of it. 
point. Number three on my list: video killed the radio star. Hey, uh, song. I, see that yes. that one to me is is too depressing. That's my. Uh, it's and about the radio. I also think my other... and decidedly <laughs> horribly incorrect because it was about right. thirty years too soon. Right, it was, it was a little early. <laughs> it should have. Come... You could say it was ahead of its time. <laughs> it was ahead of its time. <laughs> it was. You know, wasn't it? I believe it was the first video that ever aired on MTV. It was. It was. Isn't it? The, was. the, the irony. It, it is the, the the irony of that is hilarious. I don't think I don't think enough people talk about it. The irony of that being the first video that ever played on MTV, but what thirty five years ago about. Yeah. 36, uh, 35, 36 years ago. It was 1982, yeah. 81. Oh, okay, so 35. So, so it's close to 35. Uh, ironically, and, and the executive, one of the executives in charge of MTV at the time was Bob Pittman. And today, Bob Pittman <laughs> heads Clear Channel, which, of course, we talk about being the death of radio. So it's kind of, it's, it's kind of, it only, only the music industry, right? And, and we've already yeah, talked right. about Trey today. So yeah, why not? I mean, only the music industry. It's on the list as a, yeah. as a, I think a cultural touchstone. Yeah. So it's it on, is but it is, it is, but I'm going to make, but let's make a footnote MTV. And I don't care if people say this because pe people do say this. And, and I think it's a very naive point of view. MTV didn't kill radio by no means. And you guys yeah. both, agree with me on that because we grew up in the no, MTV generation no, and all of us hold radio very near and dear what was radio near and dear to our hearts? radio so, lasted yeah. longer than MTV that's for damn sure as true. far as like playing music is yeah, concerned true. so yeah and I would say they compliment I mean they, they they supported each other in a lot of ways yeah I would in the yeah. 80s and 90s. well yeah I, I would also say what MTV MTV yeah no compliment is a good way to put it I think MTV yeah, I think you you kind you used both as sources to find new music I mean if it yeah. was on Friday night countdown on Friday it was on Q107 on Saturday. That's how it worked. Yeah, and, right. and well, and also think about the, the think about shows like 120 Minutes and Ricky Rackman and Yo TV Raps. No, and and TV Raps. I mean, th that yeah. stuff that wasn't on radio but was on MTV. But you weren't you weren't. It's different than today, where you're totally. You say, okay, I've got what I have on on Spotify or YouTube and Pandora, and I can shun music radio. Whereas then, I think it was one. Yeah, it went hand in hand with the other. Yeah. Yeah, and they were you had to go to them to get what you were looking for. Yeah, definitely. All right. sure. But Harrison, that song's an important song because if you're explaining to you know your daughter, for instance, or, or the next generation, okay, this what is, happened? You know, what yeah. was happening in yeah. the 1980s or 90s? You know that song is an important song. So I absolutely, like that's true. So next, next on my list is my absolute favorite song about the radio, and it's all it's number it's my favorite, but it's number two because I understand the importance <laughs> of things. So number two on my list is Mexican radio. Oh, nice. Oh. That's nice. It had, yes. to be, it had to make an appearance. Oh, that's awesome. Also, Barry oh. has to be mentioned. One of my favorite songs. One of my favorite. Oh, it's Mexican just a sweet, It's such a good, great oh. song. It's a great synth song. It's a one-hit wonder. It's It's got everything going for it. <laughs> wow. Dude, you're going with the heavy 80s theme. Yeah, you oh, are. Oh, yeah, big yeah. time. Because that was a heyday. I think it's the only song that I can think of where they they talk about eating an iguana. Yeah, so I always. Sure but I it's the... it's got this great. It's got a, this fantastic syncopation. It's got it's all. It's just 100 percent synth, beginning to end. It's a one hit wonder. <laughs> it is an amazing song. Doesn't this... 80s bliss. Totally on my list. It is, but doesn't this belong on a different list on the Mexico list? I feel like we can make another will, list because I make... I feel like this song <laughs> doubled up with what's this? What's the Candidos? Cool... No, Candidos. not dude. 
please. But oh, Bandito's Bandito's on that, 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 that should be on that list. Yeah, Todd like, is on that Todd, list. Todd, right now, Todd That's is right, like, this is, this is the best show that I mean, it's we're 10 minutes in, and this is my favorite show because we've talked about Dr. Dre, Bob Pittman, and the refreshments. I mean, it doesn't yeah. get any better yeah. than this for me. Um, what other podcast does that? But you know, Mexican radio. What's the what's the other what's the cuckoo on, on a Mexican border? You know what? What's that? Which song is that? You know what I'm talking about? Shout out, man! Cuckoo water on the. <laughs> no, I don't even. Are you making this up? <laughs> I think I am. Hold on. No, you know what song? I'm, oh, you guys think about Mexico songs. I feel like Mexican radio belongs. Mexico songs. Yeah, Mexico. Well, no, there's there's a name. James Taylor, Mexico. No, not not James Taylor. I like James Taylor, Mexico. That's a good one. I listen to a lot of James Taylor today. Sorry, it's on my mind. <laughs> oh, Eddie, Eddie Money. Dude, Eddie Money. The Eddie Money song. Wait, two tickets to paradise? No, no. Give me some water. No. The Eddie, Eddie Money. Oh, you guys. The, the Mexican radio always makes me think. If I needed to do a double shot, it would be this song. Hold on. I got to find it. it you, guys, you guys know this one by Eddie Money. No? Oh, not Wait. two tickets. Oh, Harrison, there. I don't know if you mentioned the artist. You had to give credit <laughs> to the artist. It was Wall of Voodoo, in case we didn't mention it. Yeah, that's true. Wall of Voodoo. Give me some water by Eddie Money. I always, whenever I hear... Water? I don't think Mexico. I know that. You don't remember... <laughs> you would know it. Yeah. You don't remember this track. Give me some water. It's not, a man. It's not cool, cool tonight. water. It sounds just like a... sounds like a Tom Petty song. Two tickets to Paradise. Take me home. Dude, it's... Here it is. Just let, wait till the chorus. And then he goes, he goes, give me some water. I shot a man on the Mexican border. <laughs> Todd, stand by for this. It's going to be awesome. Okay. Okay. Uh, All right. Yeah. I don't know how. Yeah, we, yeah. That should be. That could be Donald Trump's theme song. Sorry, that was, right a, that, oh, was a, nice. <laughs> that was a that was a tangent. That was a tangent. But I, you know what? I had to say. Donald would love that. I had to say that's what I think of when I think of your of Mexican radio wall of voodoo. Wow. I think of. I love the random thoughts on this that I never. Expected <laughs> no, but you that don't. Come out. You know why? Because music. What we do, we put together these like mini mixtapes. I feel like, and music. It's all about the segue. And what a perfect way to talk about radio because that's what radio did. right? Right, it was all that programming oh, yeah. and segue and, and whatnot. So anyway, and, and Todd, I spent I spent an evening in uh, in Manhattan with Susanna Quilter, and we went to the bar called Mexican Radio. Back really? In, yeah, back when we were in college or college oh, days. Wow. Yeah, there's a bar. Called, was it, that's a good name. Was Eddie Money playing at the Mexican Radio bar? <laughs> no, but I, I, but they did have salsa on the table. All right. So, uh, yeah. yeah. All right, well, Harrison. You weren't playing Baby right. Hold On to Me in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> Number one on my list. Yeah. Since it wasn't Mexican radio, it's radio radio. Oh, yeah. Castillo. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it yeah. has to be number one on my you, list. You did really go with the heavy 80s. Maybe a song in the last 10 years that was recording on that list. Uh, there isn't Pretty any, but for, probably for a reason. Uh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. radio doesn't know really, yeah. 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 much. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, I... I I uh, it's a, yeah, it's it was good, four it's four out of the eight, four out of the deep eighties there. Yeah, so, yeah, I I apologize about the Eddie Money tangent, but I had to do it because I always think of no, I don't that's know a great why, song. in my head. No, I get it. Whenever I, get it. I hear Mexican radio, I always think of that song. Give me some water because I, feel, I don't know I don't know why, but it just is. 
And see, uh, for me, Video Kill the Radio Star and Mexican Radio are a one-two punch. Mm. Like, oh, I think really? of them in the same breath. Yeah. All right. All right. As both being very MTV-based uh, hits. All right. Well, I'm never going to argue with Elvis Costello, because anyone right. who knows me knows that I worship Elvis. So. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so, hey, can you summarize your... Yeah, give us your recap. Oh, sorry. Yeah, so this is Radio Clash, Guerrilla Radio, Video Kill the Radio Star, Mexican Radio, and Radio Radio. All right. All right. So, radio in every type nice. Yeah. All right, on to uh, my list, huh? So I will start. Number five on my list is a song by Harry Shapin called W-O-L-D. I don't know if you guys are familiar. I actually found out about it from one of my best bosses that I ever had in radio, Jim Battelis, and I think it's one of his favorite songs. And it's a song all all about being a DJ. I th- yeah, I think yeah. yeah, I think it's a great. Do you, are you guys familiar at all with W O L D? Have you ever heard? This I song? don't know this no. song. I was, this is, play this a little. Is, yeah, yeah. Let, me, let me play this one for you guys. It's a fantastic song, and you, it, it kind of summarizes or sums up the whole being on the radio, why people want to be on the radio, the life of a DJ. Hello, honey, it's me. Oh, this is a heavily sampled what song. What did you think when you heard me back on the radio? What did the kids say when they knew it was their long-lost daddy-o? Remember how we listened to the radio? This is, oh, wow. that's a, that is a very heavily sampled song. Is it? I think so, yeah. All the strings on that have been sampled. Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't give you an example, but for sure that song. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, that, sounds, that sounds great to me. Very yeah, Harry Chapin before, right? Didn't he, he did cats, cats in the Cradle, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Here it is. Flashback to our parenthood episode. I am the DJ at Dude, really? Yeah, really. You know what? I thought. I, I know. I thought about the whole. There is, I mean, I knew there would be argument about the cheese factor, but it's a song that kind of sums up the life of being a DJ. As someone who wanted to be a could DJ, you now be play, on the radio. Could you just, could no, you, what? you remember me and play this again, the Edmund Fitzgerald, and tell me that's not the exact same fucking song? No. <laughs> I, people, can they do it at home? Or you really, okay. I, just for a second. All right, fine, hold on. Just get to the middle. I, I'm basically in debt now for my for my tangent earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mean, yeah. First of all, it's not. Never mind. Oh, no, it's, fine, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Oh, I see where you're coming. Yeah. Big freighters go. It was bigger than most. Well, it's it's folky, man. It's folky. How many chords? Yeah. yeah, it's folky, but it's anyway. Hey, in all that's seriousness, the number five slot is four, okay? That it's it, it is. Those picks you know are not probably gonna make it. Yeah, it's your, exactly. It's the if you're if you that got, will not be the last time I bring up that fucking song. It's by the, the way. it's if you're if you're uh-huh. doing a DJ set, it's, it's your opening song. People are still walking in. No big deal. Yeah, you know, nice. number five is like your passion project. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, number four, number four on my list is on the radio by Regina Spector. I know not a full on radio song, but the 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 chorus, oh, great, song, great song, and she she talks about you know how uh, she has. It's a little bit about the radio, and obviously it's the title, but she talks about November rain and the DJ being asleep and it playing twice. And I felt like it gave yeah, enough for I it to that. qualify. For it to qualify, because yeah. you mentioned a DJ. Says, yeah, 
Yeah, and she's, I love that line where she's like, they played November Rain. The solo's pretty too long, maybe. Yeah. But the, but the refrain is great. <laughs> and November Rain is something that we talked about on this show in the past. So, yeah, on for the sure. radio, Regina Spector at number four. Um, radio, radio, Elvis Costello at number three. Well, yeah. that, far, not that far down on your list. Okay. What? What? Yeah. Pretty far. Yeah. Okay. Elvis I just thought that was pr- yeah. pretty Elvis? far down. Okay. Oh, why? No, no, totally no, no. Harrison, Harrison, my top two songs are two of my favorite songs ever. So okay. there's no way that Uh-oh. Elvis Costello is getting any higher on my list than these two songs. Okay. Whoa. Elvis Whoa. Costello is a legend. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, no, yeah, but yeah. my, my list, number two. Number, <laughs> All right, prove it to us, Number Number Let's two go. is Radio by Rancid. <laughs> Radio by oh, Rancid. Harrison, are you familiar with Radio by Rancid? I'm pretty sure the song is awesome. Uh, Yeah, the song is is awesome. It is an awesome song. I love that it's our second episode in a row talking about dances. Sing it, Tim. What'd you say? You get the point. Yes. It's a rancid song. All right. And I love, again, our show. I went from Harry Chapin to rancid uh, without batting an no, eyelash. That, yeah. that song is it's such a good song because it it, it, it talks about, like, how he, you know, and, it's, and maybe it's cliched, but, like, he talks about how he, he didn't have a relationship with his dad, and his dad was never there, but he had a relationship with his so he went to the radio, and that yeah. always made him feel better. And yeah. music made him feel better. When the music hits me, I can't so feel much, any so. pain at all. Yeah, exactly. I once, I did, I had to give a presentation once uh, about a, a radio product that I was working on, and I used the song uh, in the beginning of my uh, my PowerPoint presentation. I think it scared everyone out of the room. But anyway, uh, but yeah, I uh, radio by Rancid number two. And number one, one of my favorite songs of all time. And could there be a song? This is another list. Could there be a song that came out at a, at a time and literally like summed up everything that was happening? This is a long, long-winded way to describe a list. But everything that was happening in an industry and pretty much sum up what had happened and then predict the future. And it's The Last DJ by Tom Petty. Yeah. I mean, there isn't – is there nice. – uh, this song – I don't know. Todd, you, you probably do the research. When did it come no. out? When did it come I, out? You're totally right. It was what? 2002. I mean, oh, and my it, God. It hit the nail on the head. It yeah. Couldn't have encapsulated the, you, the moment better. You, you talk about songs, and there are plenty of songs with with more that are talking about more serious social messages. Obviously, as you talk about time timeliness of songs, but that that was the the for all intents and purposes the death of what had been radio to that point was at that that moment. And Tom Petty summed it up in that song, "The Last DJ." It was. I agree. I it agree. was fantastic. So, uh, number one, and, and like I said, both uh, "The Last DJ" and "Radio" by Rancid, two of my favorite songs. Period, and uh, they're the top two on my list. So, uh, my list: W O L D uh, at number five on the radio. Regina Spector, number four. Three is Elvis Costello. Radio, radio. Two, radio by Rancid, and number one, "Last DJ" by Tom Petty. Good list. All, All right. right, solid. Todd, you're up. All right. Okay. So there is some overlap with, with you guys, but uh, starting at number five, this does not overlap, is uh, Left of the Dial by The mm. Replacements. Yeah. And uh, I've loved this song since I first heard it. It's off the Tim album, which is probably my favorite Replacements album. Tough call. Tim or Left probably. 
But um, it's uh, it, it's it's awesome because it's it, it you know just like we said last DJ, you know really hit the nail on the head for that for 2002. You know this was a song I think 1985, and an era when like college rock, which would later become alternative rock, was becoming a thing, and the replacements were really at the forefront of that. And it was, you know, and the idea was like, you're going to find us left of the dial, which is where the college radio stations were. Was, you know, if you think about the old dial, which anyone under 30, 35 is not going to remember the dial. But like, if you, you think about the low end of the radio frequencies, 89.7 or 90.1, that's where you would find something like the replacements for REM in 1985. And that's, that's the beauty the of co- that the college, The college section. Yeah, uh, this is a this is a great song. I was when I saw that you had put on your list, Todd. I was almost upset that I had left it off my list because it's a great, great song, and it it also another song that I feel like is still uh, still speaks about the radio industry even today. Like it's a great, it's just a great song. So I agree. Yeah, with Todd. No, great it's for it's for all yeah. those. I feel like it's for all those bands that that, that that never got played on the radio. Yeah, that's that's the beauty of that song. The replacements always represented that that other element. The people who didn't really make it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, number moving on number four, um, I had a, a more modern, actually one of the most recent songs probably on on many of our lists, uh, circa 2007, uh, "Radio Nowhere" by Springsteen. Um, and I, I I love this song. It's off the Magic album. It's the first single. And uh, it, it's basically about this, it, it's this apocalyptic vision about, of, about trying to find connection when there's, there's like the world is some wasteland. And he, and he talks about drones, which in 2007, he was a little ahead of <laughs> Yeah. Earth. Doesn't he talk talks about, about satellite? Yeah. I'm, he I'm... talks about satellites, and, and it's basically this world of isolation. And it's trying to find a connection to other people. Which is what radio, which is which is what radio is all about. But I like the way you spun it. And who else to spin a Bruce Springsteen song than Todd? There's no one better. So that's a good spin. Yeah, it's a good spin on it. Who in the world is not looking for some connection? And and who hasn't found felt that sense of isolation at some point? And that's That's why why you. And that's why you know you would turn to radio. And that's what's wrong with radio now is it's not offering those those connections. Right, you're you're not gonna find that now. Yeah. Pre-programmed. Scott, like, is there anything was... worse in the world than Jack FM? Anything? There's pro- there probably are. Yeah. There's <laughs> dude, the fact the fact that lit still gets played on the radio is something oh, that is okay. uh, is bizarre to me. I'm sure there's a lot of people sitting around at like three o'clock on a Thursday afternoon. They're like, oh my God, I hope that they play my own worst enemy. And you're like, what is what is this? What are they doing? But yes, no. All the nineties. I mean, we we joke about the '90s Preservation Society. Oh, wait, wait, wait! Thirty-one oh, yeah. episodes in. Thirty-one episodes in. Has lit ever come up before? <laughs> I don't think so. I'm pretty sure we never mentioned lit. I don't. I, I just want to make sure that that gets, that gets noted. I think that we would skin by. I mean, <laughs> we, yeah. I think our show with Siv, both Siv and Sav have both been mentioned on the show before, but not would, yeah. lit. Yeah, lit. Lit our has not been. I heard another. Uh, there was. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's so. Okay, go, so yes, there is there is a worse right. radio than Jack FM, um, but uh, it's Fair enough. whatever. Hey, you know what? Yeah, did you have did you have any a, an argument with Radio Nowhere? Or was there? No, that's oh, great. Okay, if you did, okay. Yeah. All right. I realize <laughs> it's not like it's not the best Springsteen song of all time, but it like it struck a chord with me. And that album Magic, 
for those who have no we get it you just you whenever you get a chance to get springsteen on the list i was wondering if that was i knew that song was gonna i i knew it would get on your list i knew it i love that song i love it it's a catchy song yeah i mean i think magic and the the rising which and then magic in in 07 yeah i mean those are the best albums he's done i think in the in this century but they're both awesome anyways uh moving on number three uh, with a an iconic, I already had the replacements, so I'm going to go to the other uh, band I mentioned. That's that's for college rock in the 1980s. Um, they defined it in a lot of ways. It was REM, and their very first single, "Radio Free Europe," uh, which is uh, it's an amazing song. It's and, a great uh, song. That even Bill Berry, the drummer, he described it as he said this song was the, was pivotal to the continuation of our career. Because the band in 1980, between 1981 and 1983, uh, the band was struggling to survive, and uh, and they released this. They released it in 1981 originally, re-recorded it for Murmur, which was their debut album, and it became a minor hit, like a college radio hit. And uh, you know, the rest was history. But if it had not been for that song, Radio for Europe, we probably wouldn't be talking about REM today. So that that, that would be cool. Great song. And one thing I learned about the song in in researching this, I never really thought about what it was about, but but about the radio that the U.S. government broadcasted in Europe and the Middle East, it was basically about how propaganda can be taken in different ways. Also, an important band in college radio. I think it's important to have them on the list. So, yeah. I, you know, I, sure. that's the one thing, the thing I got out of the replacements, uh, the, their biography was that the replacements in R.E.M. like really defined that, that whole scene. And they were actually friends, which is cool. Peter Buck was played with the replacements back in the 80s. He, he get, appeared on one, of, on, uh, one of their songs. Anyway, moving on to, uh, I, I have this overlaps with Scott's list, but I have the last DJ's Tom Petty, um, yeah, it's it's classic petty melody and harmony. Um, it's it's probably my favorite lyrically of all the songs on my list. Um, it, for the reasons that Scott said, it just perfectly captures that moment, 2002, radio, the corporate takeover that was happening, and the loss of personality, also on air at that time, and the computerized playlist, the pre-programmed playlist. Um, and what's interesting is I didn't know that song was banned by numerous radio stations, which is ironic. Oh, that's funny. Pointing out the very flaws that they were you know, <laughs> demonstrating. Yeah. Uh, but it was written about an L.A. DJ. I also didn't know it was written about an L.A. DJ of the time named Jim Ladd. That's um, right. Yeah, yeah, I did know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. He was and at I the cl- what, so yeah. Uh, which like station that. was he on at, at, in L.A.? KLOS. That's right. K-L-O-S. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, this is uh, such a such a great song. I know. I, we got to hear some of it just because it's such a great song. Oh yeah. There goes the last DJ. Yeah, it's oh, such a good song. All right. And it's funny because Scott and I were living together at that time it was released, so that's I do remember I associate that. With that time, it was when the iPod was brand new. Yeah. And yeah. that song came out, and it was like, all right, this song is... And I was... It, it, it represented a lot. When I was starting a career in radio And you were time. working in radio. Yeah, yeah. So it's like... Just beginning. Just yeah, beginning. Yeah, it's, it's a... 
No, that that song, he hit the nail on the head with that song and the message and 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 everything. And uh, it's yeah, it's it's fantastic. That's why it it hurt me when I saw him playing. He played an iHeart Radio event. I, I think I saw like a year or two ago, and I was just like, "Come on, that doesn't make any sense." This is a guy who spoke out against it, but uh, yeah. Anyway, the last DJ is great. So, Dad, <laughs> number number All one, right. and then my number one. Um, I'm a little, I, a little surprised, maybe not that surprised you guys didn't have it on your list mm-hmm. but um but it's rush spirit of radio it is um, a great song I yeah i love that song it's a killer guitar by alex lifeson um maybe one of one of rush's best guitarists probably or most recognizable oh yeah and uh to me it was the combination the reason why it was ahead of last dj or some of the, the other ones on my list it, it was the best combination of the powerful music and the instantly recognizable with lyrics that I thought really summed up the frustration, cynicism of the radio and the music business, uh, which which actually, again, was probably a little ahead of its time. It's 1980. <laughs> Way ahead, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, 1980, and you know, we saw that in Tom Petty doing it 22 years later, so... Um, what's cool about the song is I never thought about it, but the first half of the song is praising the virtues of radio and how radio, how good it can make you feel. And then the second half is all about how radio is just marketing and selling a product. So I thought that, I thought that sums it up better than any. No, it's a great, it's a great song. And you are right that it was shocking that it was left off of the lit, the other two lists, mine and Harrison's. I was, when you, again, when you, when you put on your list, I was happy to see it there, just like the replacements, because it it belongs in this, in this mix, so. Great song. What's, yeah. One thing I'm going to add on that is that they, they, they say echoes with the sound of salesmen. Yes. They they talk about marketing the music, um, and all this machinery making modern music and all. But, but uh, it's funny because they toured with Kiss. Rush toured with Kiss in 1974. And basically what Rush came away from that with was they thought, I mean, they wouldn't put it this way, but they thought Kiss were like just basically peddling schlock mm-hmm. and not really into the music. And no. The mar- marketing. <laughs> no. And they, yeah. Todd, you know. don't say, no. They thought Kiss was not. How yeah. dare they? So much substance they, there with Kiss, though. That's crazy. Right. Come on. So I just, I thought that was. Uh, you mean after they heard Christine 16 every night on tour, <laughs> they thought there was still no substance and there? Beth, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, they thought there was no substance, and they're like, basically, like, Kiss is the band we do not want to be. Yeah. So that was... <laughs> I think, you know, I think. Um, diverge. No, no, I think when Geddy Lee was on that metal show, he talked about that tour a little bit. That, oh, yeah, really? that must have been pretty interesting, the two of them. It was like the, oh, yeah. it's like the ultimate, like the, um, the guy, the, the, the crazy playboys of rock paired with the uber nerds of rock on that right, tour, right. I feel like. You know? Like these polar opposites. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of, that's crazy. Right. Yeah. So, come up real quick, number five, left of the dial, the replacements. Number four, Radio Nowhere, uh, Bruce Springsteen. Number three, Radio Free Europe, REM. Two, Last DJ, Tom Petty. And one, Spirit of Radio, Rush. Cool. All right, let's let's do the big list here on the big board. I think that uh, we'll just go around and say what belongs on there uh, from other people's lists. Todd, definitely Spirit of Radio and Left of the Dial from from your list. Harrison, I mean, I had Elvis Costello. I'm going to give you, so give you Radio uh, by Rancid on, on your list. All right. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. All right, all right. So... 
we'll go with those two and then um and then rancid and then left of the dial and uh and spirit of radio and what else we both had that mexican radio oh wait mexican (laughs) radio we'll put it up there dj was on both last dj so i think so here on the big board we've got radio by rancid Radio, radio by Elvis Costello. We'll put Mexican radio on there to make Harrison feel good. Uh, last, last, <laughs> come D- on, last DJ off. and and yeah, and last DJ and left. Let's just say, did I say left of the dial and Spirit of Radio? Anyway, those left are the dial and Spirit of Radio. So I think we have we have if we take Mexican radio off, we have five. Is oh, everybody son right? of a oh, bitch. Okay. Yeah, okay. That's perfect. Right. No, come on. Gone. <laughs> I'm telling you, I told you, Harrison. It belongs on the the show about Mexico songs. Okay, right after Eddie Money. We're, Give me some water. We're gonna get to that. Uh, yeah, the Mexico show. Uh, so, so what's the order? I mean, you guys know my top two. Our last DJ and radio. Radio, right? radio's number one. Mm, you guys shit. screwed me already. Just give last me that. Last DJ could be number one. Yes, last ah, DJ. Last DJ number God, one. Yes, yeah. Oh God. yeah, easily right. oh, for me. I told you it's my favorite song. Yeah, last DJ number one. And I've been number two. All right, All right what's right. what's number two? Is Elvis Costello or Rancid number two? Who gives a shit? Let's just get on with the interview with G Love. Well, let's get him on the phone. Know, we'll get him on the phone, but let's just let's just get the countdown done. Right. Last DJ. Let's, put, let's yeah. put Elvis number two. You guys both had him on there, and Fine. I love Elvis Costello. Fine. I can't argue with that. I'll right. send a note to Elvis and let him know we made him number yeah, that's, two. That's a good idea. Like three that. is radio. Three is radio by Rancid. Okay, uh, uh, I could live with that. And four. It, well, wait a minute. And then four, I think, is Rush. It's Mexican. It's Mexican radio. No, I think well, me- no. no. Four is Spirit of Radio. Oh, Spirit of Radio. Okay. And then the left of the dial at five. Dude, that's a great, that's a great mixtape, man. That's a great, that's, that's a great, great set. Oh, I would love to hear that. Number five. All right, the five. It's a little lacking. Whatever. The top five song. You know what? Yeah, you're DJing in the back room, okay, with your Mexican radio and your '80s synth vibe. All right, number top five songs about radio. Number five, left of the dial replacements. Number four, Spirit of Radio by Rush. Number three, uh, Radio by Rancid. Number two, Radio Radio Elvis Costello. Number one, Last DJ by Tom Petty. Good list, guys. Very nice. Yeah, yeah, good list. Yeah. Well, without any further ado, on the line now, rock veteran G Love man, twenty about twenty five years into the uh, into the career and counting for you, huh? Rock veteran. Oh shit! You like That's that? First time I've been called out. <laughs> well, you are, man. I mean, you've been around, you've been doing this I for guess so. yeah, you've been doing this for a long time, almost almost twenty five years now. You got a new EP out, Sweet and Blues, on tour throughout the summer into the fall with Big Head Todd. Most of those dates, Big Head Todd, yeah. some festival dates too. Uh, you know, tell tell me a little bit about the the EP, which which is coming off of the sessions that you did for Sugar. I know that. Also curious. I know you've been back and forth with solo projects and then uh, special sauce projects going back the, the past 10 years or so what's the difference between the the two and what are you into right now uh as far as the solo or recording well yeah so, uh, so solo, solo oh, yeah, versus yeah. with the band yeah. yeah 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 well you know i love both um you know i started out as a street performer um so really i wasn't really banking on getting a band ever the goal was just to kind of do solo acoustic and that was what i kind of set out to do and then i ended up with an amazing band so it's always a real pleasure to uh get back on the stage for some of the solo acoustic shows and uh and yeah that's that's uh kind of good good for the soul you know to take it back to the roots of that and uh yeah to get up there um just on my own it's a yeah, it's a different experience for me, and I think it's a different experience for the fans as well. 
to uh, it's a you know it's a very intimate show and usually the rooms are smaller and uh, yeah it's a diff- it's a different show but I, I will say this though I think sometimes the fans even dance harder at the acoustic shows than they do at the uh, band shows. Yeah, <laughs> is there <laughs> so a, they really get rocking? Yeah, yeah. Is there a difference though in, in how you approach a uh, a solo album versus what you're doing when it, when it's a special sauce? project because i've noticed i think i've noticed a little bit of a difference in the albums is that something you consciously do with with your sound well funnily enough um even the records that are just g love records yeah. they usually have the band on them yeah or some of the band um but i think like you know fixing the die that was produced by the avid brothers and i kind of went in i wanted the goal on that was to kind of go into their world with their band, although my drummer did join us for the second half of the session. Um, and then some of the other G Love records, like, well, like The Hustle. Well, The Hustle was really a um, special sauce record. It's just that I thought that, honestly, I just thought it sounded better G Love, The Hustle, yeah. rather than G Love and Special Sauce. So, really, there's not too much difference, although the, that, um, that, uh, the fixing the die definitely had a pretty unique sound, just because, you know, like I said, I, w- I went into the Avid Brothers world, and and that was a uh, very rewarding to do, and they did a great job. But you know, uh, um, I think the, the main differences are, are more the solo acoustic show and the full band show. But right now, so I just wrapped up three weeks on the road, solo acoustic, and um, and now I am uh, hitting hitting it with the band for a month. So, you know, it always feels great. Like, after you've been at solo acoustic for a couple of weeks, and then you get to do the shows with the band and play electric guitar, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, let's crank it up. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. What's, I mean, do you prefer one over the other? And I, I was also going to ask you to mention Fixing the Die, which I really like. Uh, it, it, you, you've had so many different sounds over the years. I mean, starting with the hip-hop influences, the blues, do you mention the Avet Brothers with the alt-country kind of thing, and folky, you know, singer-songwriter. What, what's your favorite of those? And, and you know, what, what's your favorite? kind of music to play out of all the stuff that you have your whole repertoire do you like to kind of keep it as fresh as possible to the variety well yeah i mean I, I, we like to mix it up i'm on a tour you kind of get into a groove of uh certain songs that feel good flowing together so um you know we mix up every show and um however you will get into a groove and certain songs kind of come alive at different times for whatever reason and then you know you might not play them for a while and then oh you bring them back and uh, and you're like oh we haven't played that one in a while oh that feels really good and I don't want it yeah Um, I think we probably could if I'd make a self critique I think sometimes maybe um, I or we as a band kind of could try and mix it up more but um, you know it's always like like I say, you get into a kind of a comfort zone with certain tunes, and you roll with it. Um, and then of course there's certain tunes which, you know, you gotta kind of play every night. The the hits that uh, people are really coming out to see some of the more popular tunes. Um, so, but in general, when I do a show, I, I do make a set list before the show. And I never ever follow it except for the first couple tunes, and that way, I, and that's kind of my goal, is to have a plan and then to deviate from it because 
I think that every night is, is, is its own night and should be inspired in its own way. So, you know, a lot of that has to do with the room and the crowd and, you know, you feed off that energy and um, take the show where it needs to go. It's funny you talk about that because over the course of the past four weeks, I've seen both The Dead and Fish and obviously two bands that play off the same kind of strategy. I mean, is that something that you, when you, when you started this this whole thing, did you envision yourself being uh, a band or part, I mean, you know, a performer who would change it up every night? Have you done this since day one as far as changing up set lists every night and being somewhat improvisational? Yeah, you know, um, I think I kind of always have done it that way. And there's a couple times throughout my career that I did try to stick to a set list and, and I don't know I, I just find it to be like um, I, I just find it to be the kind of thing where um, I feel like I'm shorting myself when I do do it that way and um, I, I feel like my 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 mind and my heart are telling me to go this direction, but this piece of paper in front of me yeah. is telling me to go in this direction. Um, so, as a, as a veteran performer, though, how um how hard or how easy is it to read an audience? Because I think when I see a really good show, I also saw the Foo Fighters a couple of weeks back, and Grohl just has that crowd in the palm of his hand. And, and I, I think, you know, it, it was the same way as seeing some of the, the classic guys like McCartney or Billy Joel, the way that they set up their shows. And, I mean, how, how hard or easy is that for a performer, especially someone like you who's been, been on the road for so long, doing it for so long? I'm sure there are nights where you say, hey, I had that audience exactly where I wanted them, or some nights where you're like, oh, I wish I had done this or that. Uh, are there more nights, though? I'm sure there are more nights, though, when you, when you deem it a success. I mean, does it, does it get easy? I'm assuming it gets easier once you're two decades in but is it something that still is somewhat of a challenge doing that every night yeah i mean always i mean there's times when when you uh i feel like it has to do with with nerves and stuff i mean you know i i, I get worked up for every, every show you know whether it's for 15 people or you know 15,000 people and uh and uh you know, I think it's good to have a healthy dose of stage fright, which you then kind of break through, through playing music, and that kind of gives you an edge and a, and a certain type of energy. I think there's there's a lot of power in that, um, but there are nights where you kind of have that tension and and you can't seem to kick it, and those are the nights when it it doesn't flow as well, or if that can come if you're not getting the type of crowd response you want to get, or you know, I mean, they have a variety of things. If the sound's tough for you, anything that's taking you out of your comfort zone can uh, kind of tighten you up. Yeah. Like as if, like an athlete, you know. And uh, when you're tightened up, you know that's not that doesn't work so well for the sh the show, and certainly for knowing where to go next. So the best nights are when you just, you know, I, it usually happens like I'll be playing a song and then. You know, towards the end of that song, I'll just say, oh, I know exactly what I'm going to play next, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, sure. and those are the nights where you're just like, yeah, that, that was a win, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's the idea in any performance, right? Whether you're whether you're playing live or, you're, you know, if you've got a DJ set going, I mean, the idea is to keep that audience engaged, right? And learning 
and knowing what to play next. But it's great that you're able to do it with the live band, especially for so long. And speaking of, of keeping it fresh, you had talked about the, the time spent with the Avets on the Fixin' to Die album. Uh, obviously, earlier in your career, uh, you played a role in Jack Johnson's career. Then I, I know he was involved with you. You know, are, are there are people out there that um, have had a big influence on you in a similar way to the Avets that, that fans and, and music fans overall may not know about? For example, a lot of people may not know about the work that you did with the Avets, but uh, who are some of the who, I guess, over that 25-year career, who are some of the most important people who have either um, influenced you or, you know, inspired you in a way like you just talked about the Avets a few moments ago? Well, I, I, I mean, yeah, it's a, good, it's a good question. And honestly, it's been like the, the greatest, you know, blessing, the greatest side effect to being a recording artist and a touring musician are the people that I've gotten to share the stage or the studio with. Um, and, you know, because of the style of music we, we do, uh, you know, that's been a really wide range of people, anybody from, you know, Bonnie Raitt and uh, Jimmy Vaughn and uh, Dave Matthews and Widespread Panic to Run DMC and, and Cypress Hill, Jack to... Um, Tribe Called Quest, and you know, um, I think uh, you know my my biggest influence has been John Hammond, who is is a, is kind of a living blues legend. First started recording in the early '60s, and uh, he just watching his performance and what he does just as a one man show has just been a huge thing for me to watch and, and learn uh, over the years and uh, and then you know and then I think about one thing that just popped up when he asked that question like I remember we were on the road with uh, a tribe called Quest and uh, their crowd was pretty tough because it was like the early 90s and the hip hop crowd didn't necessarily want to see like a basically like a white boy garage band but you know, rapping, and uh, I remember a kid just pulled me aside when I was like, yo, man, I'm such a huge fan, you just go out and do your thing, man, you know, and uh, and I'll never forget that, so yeah, a lot of people over the years, have, it's just been great to, to meet them and get to play with them. Yeah, that's a great story about Q-Tip. Uh, on that note, who are you just reeled off a ton of great names. What's your favorite sit-in or guest spot, somebody who came out with you or you had an opportunity to play with among all those people that you just mentioned? Is there one or two or three of those that stand out in your mind as far as – I'm talking about moments on stage uh, where you walked off and said that was unbelievable or even leading up to it. You said, oh, my God, we're going to get a chance to, to sit in with such and such tonight. Uh, well, Warren Haynes has sat in with us a bunch over the years, and, uh, you know, he's always so great. I mean, his tone is is awesome, and uh, it's always a pleasure to play him. You know, Donovan Frankenrider, um, he's a good friend, and he's he's a great guitar player. I don't think a lot of people really realize how great he is, and he always gets a great tone. Um, and then uh, who else always brings the – there's a lot of vibe to the stage. Um, oh, well, last summer we were out with Keb Mo, mm -hmm. And, you know, Keb, again, like, what he does on his own uh, with the blues is, is unique. And it's a little clean for me. Um, but, 
he's he's so great at what he does. And you know, we had him out. So ours sounds a lot more trash can blues, and and his stuff's almost like smooth blues. And um, and we would get him out on stage with us and put him on one of my electric guitars, and that was awesome because uh, you know I didn't realize how great of a electric lead guitar player he is and just ripping off you know rock and roll yeah solos and uh he was great um who else uh i mean yeah so so many people have yeah sat in with us over the years but um I wanna, those ones pop up yeah yeah well, it's good that's a that's a fantastic list I, I was gonna ask you about warren i mean i think warren is somewhat of an underrated uh, guitarist for this generation. What's what's your take on him? I mean, you you had uh, great things to say just moments ago about him. I, I, do you think he's somewhat underrated? I'd love to know. You know, someone like you who holds him in such high regard. It's great that you put him on your list. I mean, is he? Would he be your, your number one go-to guy uh, as far as a guitarist? And where do you put him among the guitarists of this generation that are out there still touring and playing? You know, what else do you say about that guy? Well, I I don't think I think I don't think he's underrated. I think yeah. he gets a ton of respect, and you know the government. You know, like actually, the first time I shook Warren's hand, I was 16. I snuck in over the fence at the Man Music Center in Philadelphia to see Blues Traveler open up for the Allman Brothers, uh-huh. and I got kicked out after the Blues Traveler set. Jumped back over the fence, <laughs> you know, ran back down, got all the way to the third row. A couple were leaving towards the end of the Allman show, and then I had a ticket, so then I was in. So at the very end of the show, I'll never forget, you know, they finished their last notes or whatever, and then they came out and kind of were shaking hands with people in some of the front rows just from the stage, and I shook Greg Allman's hand, and I shook Warren's hand. So That's awesome. So you know, years later when I was, you know, out doing it, and um, I, I always saw that story to Warren, and it was so cool. I mean, I was, like, so you know, on a high after shaking Greg at home in 10, I was like 16. I was running through the crowd after the parking lot, yelling out loud. I shook <laughs> Greg at home in 10. I shook Greg at home in 10. <laughs> and, uh, and so, um, but I think, you know, the, after Warren, uh, they, they, they left uh, the almonds and started a government mule. And I mean, that band's become huge. I yeah, mean, they do. Multiple nights of the beacon. They're like, you know, jam band headlining act. Um, and then, you know, he's got all different projects he does, whether it's for the dead or, you know, I mean, he's all yeah. stars you get. He's, no, so he's, I, he's awesome. I, yeah. I think he gets a lot of recognition and as, as he should. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like but, he, he does in the jam band scene, but I, I, I just want to see him get even more recognition. I'm, I'm, I, I, like I said, I was happy to talk about him for the last few minutes cause he's just one of my favorites. And, and, um, and so are, you know, I, what, I was just, yeah. I, so I was going to say one of the great, um, players of our generation or right behind me is, uh, Gary Clark Jr. Yes. He's just been on fire. I mean, he's been doing it a long time, but you know, he finally got a lot of, well-deserved recognition and he's just on fire and actually i've gotten to sit in with him on his show and he's joined us on stage as well and, and he's just the real deal as it gets so uh there's a lot of great players out there and uh you know eric krasno uh from soul live and lettuce he's one of my good friends and favorite people to jam with and 
Uh, well, I should have brought it up before he switched topics completely, but we, we just finished a new record called Love Saves the Day, and that comes out October 23rd. And we actually have some great special guests on it. We have, uh, I think the single is going to be a song that Citizen Cope and I wrote together. And we also have the duets with uh, Lucinda Williams and Becky Lee. Uh, we did a song with Ozil Motley. We got DJ Logic on there. Um, and Dave Hidalgo from Los Lobos joined us on three songs again on this record. And it's really those uh, days in the studio with those all those different players were awesome. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So what's um you know that sounds like a pretty diverse set of people and is is it a pretty diverse sounding album drawing on a big mix of, of what you've been doing over the last years like i mentioned earlier you know obviously a mix of that blues that folky sound also the hip-hop sound that you had earlier on uh is it a pretty big mix of all of that or does it lean towards one of those genres over others this album this is um this record is i think this is kind of has some of our heaviest material on it like um it's real, like it's it's real bluesy. It's recorded live, so it's very raw and has that element to it. Um, so, anyways, this record's like our kind of heaviest record to date, and uh, but it has like the root of it is is that real deep blues, and then um, and then there's also elements of hip hop in it, but not so much rapping. Um, more just the the beats and the music to it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, and then it and then it has it does have some real trash can blues type stuff on it. Uh, like the song we we actually did a Lead Belly cover called New York City with Lucinda Williams, and um, and then there are a couple songs that that have uh, that kind of blues backbeat. So I think there's about four tunes that have like a blues backbeat, and then another, and then eight tunes that have more of a hip hop style backbeat. Uh-huh. So the hip hop blues. Cool, man. Hey, two more questions for you. One being, what what kind of stuff do you find yourself listening to the most now? What genre? You know, obviously, I'm sure you you over the course of your entire life listening to music, as all music fans and musicians do, listen to a ton of different stuff. But what do you find yourself gravitating towards the most now? And then, as I mentioned, this show we're always doing lists. So I was wondering your your five biggest influences on you that have put you to to the point where you're at now, as far as music is concerned. You've You've thrown out a lot of names throughout this conversation, but are, are there five that you can point to and say these are the biggest influences for me? And then also, yeah, what kind of music you gravitate towards the most nowadays? Uh, well, I guess I'll start with the list. I mean, my list is like uh, you know, John Hammond, Bob Dylan, and the Beatles, uh, Dr. John, and then I would put um, KRS-One. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's where I would put my list at um and and you know my record collection um it, it depends what I'm doing really if I'm at home I most likely have a big blues vinyl collection and at home I am spinning that uh sometimes I'll spin some old 70s 60s reggae sometimes I'll spin some soul 
like, you know, Marvin Gaye or yeah. Aretha Franklin, something like that. But mostly I'm spinning blues at home. People like Freddie King, uh, Taj Mahal, John Hammond, um, Elmore James, Little Walter, you know, the list can go on and on and on. And uh, when I'm, when I'm, uh, when I like to, you know, like exercise a lot. So usually when I go on my runs, I listen to hip hop and I really get stuck on records like, you know, uh, Wu Tang's first record and uh, also, um, Uh, Wu-Tang's record and uh, Gangstar, Daily Operation mm-hmm. um, and uh, let's see, Cypress Hill's first record um, KRS, you know, Boogie Down Productions is my, my philosophy um, so I, I definitely so get stuck on, on hip hop records that's and, all, and most- I listen to the listen to more uh more east coast stuff than west coast stuff as far as hip hop is that a conscious thing you think or uh or the... uh, uh I just think it's kind of what I kind of was raised on yeah. cuz when I kind of came up I was you know like most of the hip hop was coming out of um the east coast like Boogie Down Productions and um Tropical Class and De La Soul and uh early Philadelphia stuff like Steady B and Schooly D and uh, DJ Judge Justin Fresh Prince um, and Eric B and Rakim um, and Gangstar and stuff. And then kind of as then I think later on, so well actually the Far Side was a huge yeah. record, Bizarre Ride to the Far Side and Cypress Hill's first record. So yeah, I mean like by the early 90s there was some dope records coming out of the West Coast. Honestly, and the, the chronic, like, the chronic was around that time too. Early that same time. Yeah, I yeah. kind of never really like got attached to that record, and I never. I, honestly, I didn't really get like so attached until later, and um, I kind of like, you know, I kind of regret it, but I kind of missed the NWA too. Um, I just think when that, when those records were coming out, they just maybe it was the hype behind them, or just the elements of like this West Coast, you know, kind of gangster thing that was just not appealing to me. Yeah. Because um, I was, like, into more poetic hip-hop, like Brand Nubian and De La Soul and Tribe Called Quest. And then, like, a lot of the West Coast hip-hop, Cypress Hill included, was, you know, it was, like, really hard, you know? And, um, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. Now, well, yeah I, but now I relate to it more, but that's true, but, I didn't. But Wu-Tang and Public Enemy have those elements, too, you know? So, but I think, yeah, Wu- yeah. yeah. go ahead. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So. No, I mean honestly, I I didn't connect with Wu Tang till about five years, five or six years ago, for that very reason. Because when I was coming up at that time, it just it was just too too like rough. Yeah, too <laughs> raw. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was too too. Much. I wasn't feeling that that vibe then, but uh, over time, like you realize, oh, these guys are, like such dope lyricists and the flows and you know my my. Actually, I didn't play, but Jizz is one of my all-time favorite MCs. And Wu-Tang as a group, just all the different voices and styles, especially like, you know, Old old Dirty Bastard, Jizza, and um, Method Man in particular, like, they had such distinct lyrical styles with that. And Ghostface, um, man, don't forget, I mean, Ghost, who's still putting out yeah. great stuff, so... 
Yeah. Yeah, well, we could keep talking hip-hop forever. I, and since you are talking hip-hop, do you find yourself listening to Kendrick and ASAP and that stuff now? Or no, more listening to the 90s uh, stuff? Yeah, I mean, like, it's, I probably should be more up on it. Um, yeah. You know, no. No, yeah. I don't I don't, really, I don't have those records. Yeah. Although I did check out Kendrick's record because um, it just got, like, so much hype this year, like, the number one record, and I was, like, the greatest MC ever, and, you know, ASAP. Their thing is cool, and um, you know, Odd Future, and um, you know, um, what's what's the, what's that kid's name? Um, the main guy from Odd oh, Future, Tyler like Creator, the, Tyler Creator. Yeah, Tyler, yeah. You know, like, yeah, I like his like, solo think, album. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I like what those guys are all doing. They're all great lyrics. I, I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like something was lost a long time ago in hip hop, and you know as far as what people talk about in the song. Yeah, I'm with you. I continue to go back to all the artists that you mentioned yeah. before. All those artists that you mentioned before are the ones that I continually go back to, like De La and Wu-Tang and, and all that stuff. And I don't know if it's a generational yeah. thing or yeah. you know, what it is. But um, well, this I think one, it, Yeah, go ahead. I, I think it has something to do with, like, they've got, just kind of gotten stuck, you know? They got mm-hmm. stuck talking about, some of the same shit, you know, and, yeah. um, and, you know, it just doesn't like, you know, like it's not, not taken away from Kanye and Jay-Z who I like their records and I think they're great performers and amazing writers and excellent producers and you can't knock it, but, you know, well, yeah. as far as like what Jay-Z's thinking about compared to what Brand Nubian were talking about or KRS-One, it's just a different way of looking at shit. And it, and it carries over into the more into some of the more, you know, kind of backpacker or artistic rappers like Kendrick Lamar, or like the other people you mentioned. You yeah. Know. That being said, I think you know you talk about the next a, a little bit, you know, beyond uh, Dayla and some of the others. Though I think Eminem is a great songwriter and lyricist. I think so. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I don't think it, I don't know, and I I, and I like that you mentioned Kanye and Jay Z, but uh, anyway, like I said, we can keep talking talking hip hop all day. Maybe we can do that do that another time. I know you got a yeah. show you got a show to do tonight, and uh, you got yeah, I got to get up the soundtrack. Yeah, you got you got a lot going on. So you got the EP that just came out this summer, Sweet and Blues. You're on tour this summer. Yeah. Most of those dates being with Big Head Todd. That goes uh, pretty much. You're under the road through the fall, so people have a chance to to catch you. And then Love Saves the Day. Once you get off the road. Love Saves the Day comes out in October, right? Yeah, October 23rd. So, and then we start it all over again. <laughs> <laughs> cool. We're looking forward to all of it. Thanks so much for the time today. I appreciate it, man. And uh, good talking to you. We'll talk soon. Yeah, we'll sounds talk good. Hip-hop. Yeah, we will. Thanks to G Love for joining us, Harrison Todd. Good to be with you guys again, as always. And thanks to all of our listeners out there playing us out. We want the airwaves, the Ramones, very fittingly. 